name is Ashley Shannon, and I'm here with my co-host, Carrie McAvoy, and you're listening to the How to Publish Your Book podcast, where we're helping writers become authors. Today, we're going to talk about alpha readers and beta readers, and um, yeah, I guess I'm not, I'm not even sure where to start with this because I don't have them. <laughs> so um, Carrie, you're in the process, right, of finding alpha readers or beta readers? Both. And I've done it before. I've done used beta readers before. I've never used an alpha reader before, but I am using an alpha reader at the moment. And I have already have a group of beta readers set up ready to go for May. So yes, I, I have done this process and I've really actually you know, when I first heard it, I wasn't for sure what I thought. I, I you know, I was concerned of how would they be different from an editor, but I actually found that them, they were as powerful of, of a help as using an editor is, believe it or not. So yeah, I was curious why you haven't used them so far, haven't done this process. Um, okay, so well first before we get into that can you explain what an alpha reader is and what a beta reader is yeah yeah in fact i was thinking we ought to even talk about the timeline when that happens so you write a book you get a first draft done then you start the edit process and maybe you involve a developmental um, editor maybe you don't you do a couple edits you you get them people other writers involved to look at it and then as you get start to get towards the finished product and you know you're not far off from launching a book you're probably going to want to have an editor take a really close look for line editing, copy editing, but you also may want to include beta and alpha readers. Alpha reader happens earlier in the process. So they're, they're not as close to the finished end. They maybe read more in the midsection. So right now, as I edit each chapter, I have someone reading every chapter that I edit. And I, I have some questions for her. Um, I want to know how she's feeling about the characters, whether or not the plot's moving, whether or not the chapter seems important. So there's things that I'm asking for her to keep an eye out, out for. Then when I get closer to being done, I'm going to send it to, ideally, this is how it should work. I won't be doing it this way, but send it to editor. You get your edits back. You make the changes. Then now you're close to publishing. Then you send it to your beta readers. Let them look at it. They then send their comments back. And often it's more about plot issues or uh, character development. Um, maybe they see something that's amiss. Is there anything that's out of order that doesn't make sense? And they give their, you your feedback they also do some proofreading, which is nice to get another set of eyes before that final book goes out. They come back, then you take what they say, and then decide whether or not how valid it is, what you want, changes you want to make. Do another set of edits. You may, if you make a lot, you're going to want to involve your editor again. Then, then you're ready to start to actually publish the book. So, I did it for my third book. I didn't do it for my first two devotionals, but I did it for my third. And what I found was there were things, and it was a devotional, so it was more educational, but I found there were some things in there that were either I hadn't thought through or didn't make enough sense, or maybe the order was slightly out of order. Um, and I got some really good questions back that I know I had a better finished product at the end because I had those early readers take a look at it. And sometimes the other thing you can do with beta readers is they can also provide reviews for you. So in, as a thank you, you send them a free digital copy and some of them will also then go and post um, Amazon reviews or reviews in other locations. So it, it kind of serves as a dual purpose, which is really nice. So you're using some beta readers as like a arc team as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, they do act as an advanced reader, uh, get advanced readers, um, but they also are doing, they're also providing feedback, like a, an edit for me. Um, so you asked me why I haven't used them. 
And listening to you talk through that whole process of alpha readers and beta readers. And I think I'm just too impatient. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's, uh, um, sometimes I will, I find myself even compromising on an editor or working with a specific editor because they don't have time in their calendar. And I think those are things that I have to kind of learn to make time for. See, when I first started writing, I was broke. So I didn't have time for an edit. Like (laughs) Bills don't wait for an editor, beta reader, whatever, you know. So it's different. This has changed in my life. So I'm kind of like learning, okay, now I get to take these steps. I get to be patient. I get to, you know, run through things a a few more times and make them a little better, you know, that kind of thing. Um, It's amazing just kind of learning um, that kind of different behavior. But um, I don't, do you find, cause this is my hesitation about alpha readers. We'll get to beta readers in a second, but I feel like that would be, okay. So you're writing a chapter and you're handing it off and then you're going on to the next chapter. Yeah. And then when you get the notes back, you have to go back to that chapter. I feel like that would be a hindrance to my creative process, especially because I write very quickly. And I don't know if I would be able to have somebody have the same kind of turnaround, especially because sometimes you pay these people and sometimes you don't. Right. So, I mean, do you ever find yourself like stumbling over the turnaround or waiting or things like that? I think it takes exactly the right person. So I, this is the first I've ever done an alpha reader and I'm not paying her by the way, everybody that I use for these are free. I don't use anybody that costs money except for editors. I'm willing to pay for an editor and and I'm willing to pay well for a good editor, but beta and alpha readers, I find people who want to do it because they're invested in the project or invested in me. And so I use my email. That's how I gather them is through my email newsletter is I put it out who's interested or through my contacts, just relationships that I've had. And I've, I've found, here's the other thing I find is that people are, people are more able to do a very good job than I think. I mean, isn't that kind of kind of sad? I, I, I end up not being aware that how many skilled English people, English speakers, uh, and maybe even teachers are in my audience who would love to do something like this, to be able to be a part of this project. So I, I've, I've been su- pleasantly surprised by the fabulous feedback I've gotten. I mean, in fact, I've even improved relationships. I've gotten closer to people through this process, which has been really a wonderful you know, uh, unintended consequence of this process. But um, I also know that my finished books, I rarely get comments back of finding errors in them because it has gone through so many. The, I mean, I have, like I told you, you and I talked about another uh, podcast, how there's, I go through four, like five to six edits on this. A lot. Just, I go through a lot. A lot. <laughs> I do a lot. And that is because I really want a clean copy at the end. My, my goal, one of my personal goals, and it's not saying this needs to be a goal for anybody, but I want it to look as close to traditionally published as possible. So I want as clean of a copy as possible. So. Well, that should be everyone's goal. <laughs> I mean, I mean if you're- how many books are not, you know, in fact, I've even seen, I've even seen traditionally books turn digital with lots of errors because nobody's mm-hmm. going through them. And, make, and I don't know whether they dictated them or what they did, but something happened because the original book in a written form wasn't like that. But now the Kindle version looks like a freaking mess. So I, I don't want that. I want a book that looks really good. So anyway, yeah, I, um, Okay, the question, I didn't answer your question. I'm doing this on the third edit. 
I'm not doing this on the first. So it's already, I already know the plot's pretty put together pretty solidly. I already know what the problems are. I know that I'm not, my problem in this book is I'm not present enough emotionally. It's a memoir. I don't have enough of myself and I'm not always likable. I look pathetic at times. That's one of my primary questions. Does why I'm doing what I'm doing make sense? Am I giving you enough backstory and enough emotionality for my actions to make sense? So it doesn't then really change a whole lot. Yeah, I may have to go back and maybe put a few sentences in, or maybe there's something, I mean, I'll find where there's a lack, but I'm not being told, oh, this, this, this story is out of sequence. I'm not being told that. So, and it takes the right person because the feedback I'm getting is literally within 12 hours. So it's not slowing me down. It's happening. I finish it that evening. I hear about it by the next morning. I'm already into the next, you see what I'm saying? So it's moving so fast that she's keeping up with me, but that takes the right person. You have to look for that person. I know a few authors that almost have like their personal own personal editors. So they will finish a book and like hand it off to the editor. We're talking like three or four days before the pre-orders do. And that always seems to be my timeline, which is why I don't set pre-orders anymore because I've been in that position where I'm like scrambling to finish a book. Yeah. Like, and I don't like that feeling. Well, in fact, but, why um, don't you explain why that's not good? Why don't you talk about pre-orders? Oh, okay. Why? So yeah. So I only have experience really with pre-orders on Amazon, but if you, you have to upload your book 72 hours before the pre-order date. And if you don't, um, you can message them and I think you can push it back one time. And then after that, you lose your pre-orders for a year. Um, and pre-orders are really important because there's, if you're writing and you're not rapid releasing, having the first book out, somebody finish that's books and they can at least go pre-order the next one. Um, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because otherwise they, they may just forget that they read the first one. And when the second one comes out, you know, they're like, they don't even know. So right, right, right. Um, but I think, I think I'm just, I like the idea of using an alpha reader. You're right. It probably takes like the very best person that's, you know, fitted to you, um, to be able to get the kind of feedback at the pace you're moving and all of those things. I think I'm just like such a solitary writer. Um, a lot of times I don't like to get feedback until it's done. Um, and even then, like I passed, um, the first survive book to Johnny to edit. And he, um, he did a great edit for me, but then I'm like, I don't want to look like I started to look at it and I was like, this hurts my feelings. I don't want to look at this, like, <laughs> which is stupid. I'm a baby about everything, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm just not built for that kind of thing. It, it makes me wonder too, because like, I want to have a writing partner. I think I would write faster and move series better if I had, you know, somebody to kind of do that um, back and forth with. And now I'm sitting here wondering, like, I don't even know if I could do that. Like, <laughs> no, I'm sitting there thinking you could, I think you'd do better with it because you'd pass off the first draft. That other person would take it up, do the edits and then handle the, handle the edits, then handle the edits. So you wouldn't have to see mm -hmm. them until they get to the end, you know, that's what I need, but I've talked to people about writing partnerships and usually it's somebody does the outline and like the characters and that stuff. Um, and then somebody writes the first draft and then somebody, you know, the same person who did the outline does like the second draft. And I was like, no, I want to do the outline and the characters. I want to do the first draft and then I don't want to touch it. <laughs> <I'm> like, 
I think you could work that out. Yeah, it would take the right person. And it, and the other thing is really, it, it does, you have to keep your eye open for the right arrangement. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then when you, you're, there is something really vulnerable about edits. The whole editing process is just, it, it takes, I think my first editing process was such a brutal, such brutality to it, such abusiveness to it that, um, I mean, you know, to review what I got told that I would, it was a nightmare. He actually literally said my writing was a nightmare. And then he, he, he dripped, he dripped it. This guy was clearly a full on narcissist. He had to drip his pain across as he sent me sheets after sheets, not just one package. No, I had to get it in the mail in pieces of this, this, this very extreme criticism. And then he had to end the whole thing with a nice, beautiful summary letter that told me that the whole thing was a piece of shit that I, that I had no right to write this book. So, um, something happened for me. It's changed me. I, I, I now have a, yeah, I mean, this, this take this memoir. Okay. I, in fact, I had a a mild panic attack this morning, honestly, and and I am terrified about releasing it to the world. I'm not worried about people seeing it for the edits. I'm worried about the mass reaction I may get to it. Um, so it's not, it's more about the fact that people's relationship with me than, than how they like the phrasing of a particular chapter. What I've found in the edit processing and including using alpha and beta readers is that it makes the piece better mm-hmm. and, and the prettier it is and the better it is. And the more it says of what you want it to say, who doesn't want that? I mean, I want that. So I see that whole process is helping me get to get to my goal and yeah, which is my, which is, is the goal, which is the goal. I have to say, so I've been kind of playing with the idea of writing a memoir and all that stuff. And I definitely get that feeling. Um, when I first started blogging of like, are people going to like me or whatever, but it's like a whole different feeling when it's like fiction. Yeah. Cause then it's like, I don't know, like people, you know, people can read my blog posts and say something negative and it's usually like, okay, well, it's not my writing you don't like, it's me you don't like, and you know, whatever. Um, but you know, when it's really, fiction, it's it like- to you? It feels like a whatever? I mean, if I get people- come It does back now. And, well, if, yeah. if people come back and say, why did you stay for so long? He was clearly an ass from the beginning. Like, yeah, I guess I'm that, I mean, that's how it feels. Well, yeah, I'm that weak, I guess. It just feels very vulnerable to me. Oh, I'm just at this place where I am what I am. I mean, I'm ever changing and I'm growing, but if somebody doesn't like, well, especially something in the past. So you're talking about something that happened like two, three years ago. Well, you're yeah. not even that fucking person anymore. No, so that, they're, it, they're writing a post of, or writing a comment about something that doesn't matter. You know what? Thank you for reminding me that. Cause yeah, it started five years ago at five years yeah. ago. And it ended over two years ago. And so, yeah, am I her? No. Would I do that today? No, of course yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've way moved. I've way moved on from that. There are times where, um, like, if I'm writing something that's like really recent and somebody has a negative comment to say, it's, it, I mean, I've just adopted this mindset of like, I'm a duck and everything rolls off my back. Like, cool, you to you. This is what I did. Stand behind that. That's I'm trying to get there. I mean, I just posted a TikTok that now is up to 760 comments on it. Mm-hmm. There's, only, there's only like less than 4,000 views. So <laughs> seriously, I mean, there's people <laughs> arguing on this, arguing with each other on this. It's so amazing. It is amazing. But um, 
Yeah. And, you know, at first it was, I mean, that first day when it started happening, I had over 100 comments pour in of rage. It was hard. I, I, I wouldn't look at it. I just avoided TikTok altogether. I just wouldn't even open the app. But I'm, you're right. I, I am working to get to that place where I say, well, you know, I was a little passive. I have to admit, I was a little passive aggressive. There was a little bit of a little bit of anger in my, I mean, I set, I set, if you watch it, you see, I set people up and then, yeah, it wasn't very nice of me anyway, but, but, you know, I, I'm learning to like whatever. So I think I'm saying that because I think you need to do the same with edits. Oh no, don't, don't turn this around <laughs> on me. <laughs> You can do it. We're not going there. I am what I am. Like, I'll tell tell you the same thing. Um, I mean, part of it is really just like, I have edits of books sitting on my laptop and I keep going like this because my laptop's right here. Uh I just don't want to look at them right now. Like I'm not in that mental space. But a, a big part of it was the move. Obviously, if you guys have noticed, you're on YouTube. I have a new background. I have moved. Um, and so I am just now kind of getting back into the pace of work. And um, later today, I'm going to sit down and, and make my my publishing schedule for the rest of this year, um, which is going to be a really big deal for me as long as I stick to it, which is kind of the hard part for me. But at that point, that will have to include edits. Um, I don't know if I want to do beta readers or alpha readers um, just because I don't really feel like I have that person or people that I can kind of count on or honestly whose opinions I trust I'm not saying that there aren't people out there whose opinions I would trust but I've gone through so many workshops where I was getting feedback from people who didn't know what they were talking about and they were just talking to talk and then I'm getting feedback from people who I mean legitimately have no professional you know experience to give me the kind of feedback they're getting and so I'm still in this place where I'm new-ish and trying to find my footing in fiction and um I think I'm just going to trust my gut more than I trust anybody else right now because I find that I tend to get conflicting advice if I give a piece to two different people so okay I I have a lot to say about all of that first (laughs) beta and alpha readers are your fans they come out of your fan base they don't come out they're not people that have no connection and no investment in you so that's the first thing is they want you to do well because they like you so that helps the other thing is you have to include a large enough group to look for the pattern not look for the exception so i usually have a group of 10 to 20 people reading which mm-hmm. so then when I get somebody who says I don't look like X and they're the only person saying that I'm going to throw that comment out. I'm looking for the consistent comments of this part drags. And the other thing is, and I was going to say this, you have to you have to start the invitation with a list of questions. It's very important that you know specifically what it is that you're looking for from them. You don't just give them the book and say, tell me what you think. You actually say what it, you have a list like. Uh, is there a part of the story that drags? Um, mm-hmm. How did you feel about the overall tone? Um, what did you think of this character? You you go in with very specific, targeted, directed questions about your concerns. And then you might say any other thing you want to make a mention, but you don't just give them uh, permission to comment on the whole book. That's not the point of it. So you're directing the how you're using them and they're in your corner. And then you look for patterns. 
So you ignore the outliers. You look, if somebody consistently says, if you get more than half, it says, yeah, chapter 10, I'm not for sure it dragged, pulled it down and stopped. You're like, okay, maybe I need to really reconsider the purpose of chapter 10 What's or what's happening that's causing that kind of reaction. Or maybe they're going to say, yeah, that fight scene, I couldn't keep up with who was hitting whom. And that might cause you to like, well, maybe I'm not saying enough to direct the action so people can keep track of what's actually occurring. So that's what I found is really helpful is that I'm looking for the bigger, the bigger picture and you have to have a good pool. So where I find them is I put out, I use my fan base on Instagram and Facebook. I put out invitation. I put an invitation in the newsletter and I just start collecting names months and months advanced to when I'm going to need them. And then I mm -hmm. let them know when it's going to come. And then when I get to the point where I ask their help, I include a detailed letter with a list of questions. So the confusing part to me then, I guess, is like, I feel like I'm going to come off as sounding stuck up and there's no way that I'm not going to come off. So I'm just going to say it, but hopefully my intention comes across as good, but why wouldn't I just pay an editor to do that instead of, I mean, I don't know what these people's backgrounds are. I don't know. Um, like, why am I, why am I handing my work to just random people? I mean, fans, okay. But like, why wouldn't I just pay a professional to give me those opinions? Because professionals make error and they miss things. For example, in the, the book that I did this with, there were several, there were several errors in it that the editor didn't see. I didn't see him, she didn't see him, but somebody else saw him and they were right. And when that person caught it, and by the way, I didn't know that that person was an English teacher. I didn't know that. I, I just knew them from a social situation. And then I found out I had an English teacher who was invested in, and she's like, oh, by the way, this is out of order and you didn't like clarify this. <gasps> You're right, nobody saw it. So it's just another set of eyes. That's the point because nobody can see everything. I, I know my editor does a really mm. good job, but right. I also know that um, it's going to take, like me, we have to see several times in order to catch every little single thing. The more eyes ahead, the more likely we'll catch these types of mistakes. So how do you um, weed out the people that are just looking to get your book for free instead of paying for it? It's too much work. The work makes it weeds them out. You hand them that questionnaire, they're not going to do the work. And then the, I don't get the, they don't give me the review back. And I also keep my list limited. I'm not going to do this to a hundred people. I'm only going to have on maybe 20 people max. So I keep mm -hmm. my list short and then I have, a, it's an assignment and, and the assignment weeds out the people who aren't really invested. And yeah, maybe so, they have a free copy of the book, but it's not the final copy. It doesn't include the, it doesn't have the, the cover. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just a manuscript. It's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm not J.R. Rowling, so right now a manuscript doesn't mean anything to anybody, you know? It's not like- Well, you'd be surprised. I know quite a few like free seekers that will sign up for to be beta readers just to collect one book, even though they know they're going to get booted when they don't hand in the, yeah. you know, the Yeah, but, but I, when you go through Facebook, I mean, I the list that I have, okay, granted, there's the- and you know, the interesting thing is there's a lot of people that I don't know because I found them through, for example, medium plat platform because it's through my email mm -hmm. list, which is where that that list has come from. And yeah, I don't know these people, but they're invested and they even like, hey, don't forget, I offered to do this. <laughs> come back and ch double check, which I, that's that takes time. I mean, who has that kind of time? I don't I don't do that. 
That's true. But we're pretty busy. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, who has that kind of time? Well, I know, we want a big company now. So we're only on us. Days a week. I was just thinking about that. Like, no wonder I have no relationship. I work so much. Goodness. Insane <laughs> time. Insane amount of time. Yeah. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense. It's still something that I'm hesitant towards because I feel like I just, I, I, I think this is just a bad experience, but I've had so many people pretending to be professionals or giving shitty advice or sticking me in a room with a bunch of people who are supposed to help me grow as a writer who are just nitpicking on things that they know nothing about. Oh, I know. And so it's really hard, I think, you know, to, you know, I could hand it out to 20 beta readers and then read through their things. And like when it comes down to it, I'm going with my gut instinct over anyone else anyways. So for me, it's kind of like, why add an extra step in there if I'm just going to do whatever I want to do? Yeah, but and that, you know, I'm glad you say that because it comes down to that about everything, whether it's an Mm -hmm. editor or a beta reader, it always comes back to you. It's your decision. It's your book. You need to honor what you want to do with it. But and now I, I know what you're talking about. I've had the experience you're talking about. And it is a very negative experience. And and now that I'm realizing that you haven't had the positive experience I've had with beta readers to know why I'm feeling so strongly about why they're helpful, that makes sense. If I just had the experience you had without it, you're right, I wouldn't be doing it either. Seriously, I wouldn't be doing it. But I'm telling you, I'm challenging you, try it. (laughs) I think you'll be really surprised that it's a great, great experience. Well, I am working on a new um, book of personal essays, um, so maybe I'll try it with that because that is, that's another thing is like my audience was also built on Medium or like the ones that are on my newsletter list. Mm -hmm. So that's personal essays and poetry that is not young adult fiction. So we're talking about starting a whole new platform, having to search out new beta readers where I have no you know, anything, like I don't have a platform or anything in that area right now. Right. So that's a little bit like, I don't know, not daunting. It's just time consuming. Yeah. But it's why you writing a memoir makes a lot more sense right now is because your, your newsletter is more in that direction. Yeah. But well, you know, this writing a memoir is like, I don't know, taking off all your clothes and standing in front of the mirror for like hours every day. It's stupid. I mean, it needs to be done, but it's dumb. Well, you know what? We should we should make a podcast about that because I'll tell you. Do I've written? This is my second one I've written, and I haven't published the first, but I do have another manuscript sitting that's finished. Not finished, but it's the first draft's finished. Um, but this this is like the third time through this book that I have actually myself done, and I'm still new, seeing new things and having make major ahas and and it's really bringing me a lot of peace a lot of peace it's Vic okay. so I'm saying it's a healing experience to do this okay very I get healing. that I get that because that's what blogging has been for me slightly off topic meaning slightly not about beta readers and alpha readers but about the memoir stuff we're talking about how do you write your memoir and not be like up all night rethinking what you did because I do that anyways like with my anxiety I'll just be laying there and be like oh my god why did I say that when I was 24 but then when you're writing a memoir it all comes back up again (laughs) yeah so how do you how do you deal and process with some of that because that's my fear 
that's why it's outlined and it's starting to be written and then I'm like I don't know if I want to open that hole again <laughs> like well I don't tend to I don't I, I don't tend to review my act well I used to I used to do that obsessively where I would go over and over and over like repeatedly and then I've just I think I think Brad dying changed things when I realized the past is over and I can't go back and it really mm -hmm. is done and so I don't find that useful, but I then if I'm not careful, then I will like, make sure you don't do this X again. Make sure, you know what I'm saying? I start to like set these rules down for my like life to live by. But yeah. So it comes to kind of, I think what I'm finding most helpful about this story is it's helping me to, I'm having these big ahas, like re, huge real, realizations. Like one is then that guy never loved me, not <laughs> ever, not in any way at all. And then I mistakenly thought he did. That's pretty humiliating to realize I thought that he loved me and he never loved me. So, but I, but I, so I have to like give lots of doses of, of, of patience and really realizing we're all make these mistakes that I'm just like everybody else. And I'm not the only one who has done this and I won't be the last who's done this. And, and I think that helps me to be okay with the pain of that. These making these big ahas. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's why I'm I'm okay with like sharing stuff blogging because it's like, it's almost like immediate feedback of you're not so like, you're not crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And um, it's just, it's yeah. But this is going to be like, um, you know, it's a year long process or more. It's a big process. 80,000 words of my biggest life's mistakes. <laughs> like, right. Like, right. You know, right. Yeah. And, and it's a little daunting. Yeah, exactly. And that's how this has felt too. I'm, I'm inviting people into a, a big, massive personal and sexual failure of mine. It feels pretty shitty. I mean, I'm going to put that out there for the whole world to read exactly what happened and how it happened and the things that I put up with. And I put up with really awful stuff that I shouldn't. Yeah. Do. And nobody likes to be judged. I mean, as much as I joke about like, this is me, whatever, people judge me all the time. People judge you all the time. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. And I don't take criticism well, which is <laughs> shitty to say, but even more when it's like personal, which is why I don't have people read my blog posts before I publish anymore. Mm -hmm. is because I don't I, like, you want to find a typo or whatever, leave me a note. <laughs> like, like, leave me a private note. You find a typo. That's great. But like, I don't run my stuff past anybody. And I used to, right. I used to run every blog post past somebody. And I just mentally was like, nope, I don't need it. Like, right. Like right. me and Grammarly got this. So, and I think that's part of the issue with a beta reader too, is because I, for some reason, when it comes to my writing am pretty sensitive and, it, and I'm not like that with a lot of other things in my right. life. So, right. well, so I'm hearing you say, and I think this is perfectly fine is that there may be some pieces you'll think this is really what I want. It'll be helpful. And there's some pieces you may say, eh, I don't really want this kind of invitation. This kind of in my life, you know, so mm -hmm. there is no, a point I'm making is you don't need to do this. It isn't the right thing to do. It's just another option. And here's another reason why I like it is because the people I invite to do this, by the way, become super fans. Yeah. And I can see that, you know, um, I talk to authors all the time about how they, um, you know, have people on their beta reader list or on their arc teams and they get the book for free, but they still go out and buy it anyways. Right. So, you know, just to have it. 
Right. Um, and so because fans, I totally get built, that. yeah, fans get built around engagement and this is a form of engagement. This is an intense form of engagement, but personal directly with you around something in which they get to help you. Now, how can you not be totally invested in that process? I'll tell yeah. you, I has really drawn, made me closer to these individuals and gotten them, me to know them. And, and I know now that they follow everything that I do. And they're one of the first people who comment on whatever medium I'm on. So um, that part is cool. And it's also really cool to get reviews. And generally, even if they have issues with it, this is the other part I got afraid of. Hey, what if they see it and they see a lot of problems in it? They're going to leave me a bad review? No, most mm -hmm. of them won't because they're invested in the finished product. Yeah. And they want you to do well. And not that they're going to be dishonest, but they know that it's not the final copy. And they know right. they help to make the final copy better and that those problems they've been identified are gone. So they're more likely to re, re, leave you a much better review. I think of everybody I've ever used has given me a minimum of a four star. Now, oh, granted, nice. not all of them have given fives, but, um, but now versus the art group, that group has less investment invested. They just did it for the giveaway. They didn't do it because... So I've gotten more likely to get threes and twos with that group than I am to get from my beta readers. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do like, I don't want to say you've talked me into it, <laughs> but I think for um, the personal essay book that I'm working on right now um, called, gosh, I can't even, oh, I wrote this for you. That's the name of the book. I like that. Um, I, I think that I probably will um, kind of uh, find myself some beta readers, probably not some alpha readers, because I just, my process is just so much my process that I don't really feel like I want to fiddle with that right now, but beta readers for sure. Yeah, and the reason I'm doing an alpha reader, I normally don't either do an alpha reader, honestly. The reason I'm doing that is just because my editor saw the developmental level of this book and said, um, you're pathetic. And so <laughs> I like, oh, shit. And I trust this woman a lot. I mean, I really, really trust her. She says that there's a problem. So I need to correct the problem. So I need someone over my shoulder to make sure the problem's going away. That's why I've gotten an alpha reader involved with specifically with that issue. And she has come back. This woman has come back and said, eh, you're a little weak here. Or, you know, so I have gotten feedback where, you know, you didn't explain enough or that didn't make sense. Or why did you do that? I don't really get that. And then I'm able to like, oh, well, it's for these reasons. Well, that makes more sense. Why don't you put that in? So yeah, helps to catch those things. Because when it's your own story, it's easy for you to, because you know your own story in your head, it's easy for you to say something shorthanded and know that you're referring to something else. Well, the world doesn't know that. and But you may not know that you're doing it. So that's what they're catching. Yeah, and I, I get that because... I do so much planning um, with my fiction books that I end up kind of doing that too sometimes. Right. I feel like I underwrite always. Like I always underwrite things. And in my second draft is where I need to like really flesh things out. Right. So it is that makes sense. In fact, I just wrote my last, this one chapter, I realized there was some conversations that I really needed to put in there. Like I have us meeting family and I don't even say how we greet each other. We just are there like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of an important moment when I'm meeting these people. So you're right. It's easy to, it's easy to tell things and not to show things. And it's helpful to have someone catch what, or, or with a memoir, you need to also add reflection, you know, so you put your behavior into context. Like there's a moment where I find out another betrayal has occurred and I don't leave him. Why? Well, there were a lot of very complicated reasons and I need to go through them because 
you as a reader look at me and you think what is going on with her if you don't know this it's really weird you need to know what was going on in my head of I need him for this and I still feel this and th then I don't have any model examples of this over here. I mean, it helps you to like, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay, I can see that would be tough. I could get why she stayed. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. So, right. so what is the one, since I've never done it, what is the one piece of advice you would give me and our listeners who don't have alpha or beta readers? Well, can I do? give two, two pieces of advice? One mm -hmm. is, um, start looking for them early on you know as you're finishing the first edits start to put it out that you're going to be wanting them so that you can slowly gather them um and create a list and i do it by tagging them on my email list so usually i find them through my email or i find them through social media but i tag them so i keep track of who they are and i keep a running list the second thing is keep track of what it is that you really want to know what is it your concerns about the, the piece and for every piece it's going to be different Maybe if it's educational, you're going to wonder, did I explain it? Was it useful? Did you feel like you got something from what I shared? If it's fiction, you're going to know, was it satisfying? Did you stay interested? Um, did, was there a lull in the story? Um, in my case, I want to know, did, did what I do make sense? Um, did I share enough of the backstory? Did you find myself likable? Um, so you want to keep track of the issues that you're concerned about so that you can keep a running list of questions. So those would be the big two pieces of advice I would give. And then give time. I it, it takes a minimum of a month turnaround. You when you talk about time, you were right. You have to you have to give them the time to get into it, to read it, and to get it back. But do set a timeline. I always tell people I would like the result the the um, your answers to your questions back by a deadline, and then stick to the deadline. And some will make it, and some won't make it. And then don't forget to follow through with whatever you gave them as a gift. So if you promise them the final digital copy, make sure that they get that. That's some really, really good advice. Well, all right. Any Anything else? I feel like that kind of wraps it up. I do too. No, I'm glad we talked about this. I, I actually, once I did it and I, you know, when I did it the first time, I was kind of nervous. I thought I, I had the same questions, Ashley, that you did, honestly. And then after doing it, it was such a powerful experience. You can tell I'm a big fan of it. And I will, I will continue to do it. I just find it super useful. So um, I, if you haven't tried it, I would suggest people try it. You know what? And you don't have to do it again, but just try it one time and see how it goes. I, I find it a very positive experience. That's always my motto. I'll try everything at least once, exactly. twice if I like it. No. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of How to Publish Your Book. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.